Welcome to Dulles. We're a community of faith that embodies the love of Jesus for the good of our neighbor and renewal of our world. We're so glad you're listening. Welcome to those who are new, and we've got quite a few out in the lobby still coming in. We're really happy to have you this morning. Uh, I was invited this week, uh, a couple weeks ago, by our, our partner network, North Point Partners. Uh, North Point is a church in Atlanta. Andy Stanley is the lead pastor. He's fairly well-known all around the world. It's just a great leader and great pastor. And um, our network invited me, asked me if they could fly me to Dallas to speak Wednesday <laughs> And uh, when I said yes, I didn't know it was the opening session. I found that out two days later. No, you're doing the vision talk, Brad, <laughs> in session one, about uh, pastors needing to be in community too. Uh, we're good at calling people into community, but we need to be practicing that. And, and we're doing that here in Virginia, and the vision is to extend that to the Texas churches. We have a lot of churches, a lot of, part, I think, 23 partner churches in Texas. And so I went and uh, talked about uh, our story here in Virginia, the five or six lead pastors all around our state who are close, and we, we just share life. We talk about marriage, and we talk about one of our guys just recently said, I have been pastoring for 20 years, and I'm only going to say this to you guys, he told us in Richmond. He said, I, I still question if I'm qualified to be leading people. Spiritually, and this is a guy you would never picture thinking that, you know. And we're just super honest with each other uh, about parenting struggles, and and we are really committed as pastors to keeping it real. Like let's 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 be open, let's be transparent with each other, let's not be people who walk on stage faking. And and so the North Point Network has really liked that so much. They've asked us, hey, could you share the story with other regions? And so we we started with Texas this week. Okay, so. Uh, a few pictures, I think, um, yeah, that's me talking in the session one. And then um, I, I started with a joke about being a longtime Redskins commander, and I felt like I was in enemy territory here in, in Dallas. And uh, it wasn't a lot of laughter, but I, one of the student pastors at the table in front of me wearing this red hoodie, Malik, like hooted and hollered and was like, go commanders. And I was like, What? And he, I said, hey, come over and find me at my table. So he did. And uh, he's grown up, born and raised in Dallas, but he's a Commanders fan. So we just hugged it out and took a selfie and told him I might introduce him to all of you here on the screen. This next guy, Shane, pastors in Austin. And man, we are like brothers that just never met. We were up late till midnight talking about what it's like leading a church that is dead serious about con connecting with people outside the church. And the emotion and how tiring it is and how so many Christians in America don't understand this. They don't understand this kind of strategy to try to be a church that's for people who don't like church. And that we do it not because we're trying to entertain people, not because we're just, it's, a, it's kind of our niche and connecting with neighborhoods, but we do it We do it because it's what Jesus did. This is what Jesus was committed to. Jesus did not come for religious people. He came for people who were on the outside, from marginalized to cynical and skeptical, and we're just committed to being that kind of church. Yes, spiritual growth matters. Yes, we want, 
those who walk through our doors to understand Scripture and understand the story of God in Scripture. Of course we do. That's a big part of our commitment. But we believe Jesus started with people hurting where they are in life, questioning God, angry with God, uh, unsure of faith or God's reality. This is who we're passionate about. And as long as in, he and I were talking uh, in, this bar, in a bar Louie till late at night about how churches in America have become more and more comfortable speaking the language of insiders. And it, creating a church environment that we hope other church people will come to and find and will understand, ooh, this is a healthy church, or ooh, this is a biblically-centered church, or ooh, this church is going to help our kids learn about the reality of Jesus. Uh, and that's what defines a church being safe for other Christians to come to. And all of those things matter. Of course they matter, but... The starting point must be that we are a church committed to relating to people who are far from God or unsure of God's reality. Or maybe they identify as somebody who maybe some days they feel like they really are an atheist and other days they're agnostic. This is who Jesus came for. And when, when his church is awakened to this kind of idea, understanding this is who Jesus was and who he was for, that is what will eventually lead America back to being interested in our faith and our stories because we've built relationships with outsiders, because we've cared about where outsiders are, because we, we're, not, we're not requiring someone outside of the church to first agree with us or agree with the importance of our biblical teaching before they can come in and feel welcomed. We want to relate to people in their hurt and their mess and their chaos, and their questions, and their, maybe their anger, like Jesus did. And so he and I had this uh, really, really great talk. And then I did session one. I was nervous. I, I, I still get nervous when I come up and talk before you guys. I, I, I really do. But I was super nervous leading off a conference, and you know, I wanted to represent the network well. And I sat down, and I was kind of like, a, okay, that seemed to go well, and I got some feedback. Some guys came over to the table and said, hey, Brad, this, you know, this is our heart. Great job. But then session two was led by Patrick Kelly, a lead pastor in Houston. And he, just out of the gate, just reminded all the pastors and all the church teams, guys, America's church attendance is plummeting. People are not trusting every survey, the pew, from Pew to Barna to every single survey, consistently, Americans are more and more cynical about leadership, government, and churches. And those outside of our church walls, and the numbers are increasing in America today, do not care what you think is a church, theologically. They don't care about what the pastor has to say in a really great 20 or 30 second soundbite on social media. They don't care how great your music is and Amy and Doug and all the band members that make our music every Sunday great. We, we get comments like, hey, we're, we're a smaller church. We're growing. Uh, we've started as a small church. We're, we, we are growing. I've met some new folks again this Sunday. Welcome. Uh, we have a great band and great music for a church our size. Uh, and yet, people outside of our church don't care. They don't care what I look like or what I sound like. They don't care because they don't trust church. And it's going to take something different, 
something like the attitude and behavior of Jesus in first century Palestine and Judea to connect with people in our culture with their questions, with their doubts, in their parenting struggles, in their struggle to stay married. The reason Amy and I talk a lot about our struggle in our first five years of marriage is because everybody struggles in marriage. And instead of acting like we have it figured out and we are super close to God and we are the shining example, we've learned that we connect with people much faster. And marriage is much faster if we tell our story that we really struggled. And we still, we have Sunday mornings driving to church where we argue and then we come into the church doors and we kind of have to smile and, hey, good morning, it's nice to meet you, when we've just had a huge argument because Amy was wrong again about something. Oh, that's right. I mean, Amy was so right. Amy was so right about the Christmas tree. Uh, if you don't know us very well or don't know that story, uh, Amy's always right. That's the truth about it is she's always right. And so I've, I'm sitting listening to Patrick Kelly in se- session two, and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I'm here not to give my talk I just did, but to hear this. And he said, I'm going to tell you the, the best thing we've done to communicate the heart of Jesus to people who thought they would never walk through the doors of a church. He said, you ready? You want to hear? You want to hear what this is that our church has done in Houston? I created a game called Crenu. And he's like, I invented it. It's half canoe race, half croquet. And we're like, and he's like, you probably think this sounds super stupid. And we were like, let's just, it, it's goofy. This is kind of the personality of our church. Let's invite our neighbors, and let's just have a fun Saturday. He said 400 people who don't go to church showed up. And some mathematician in their church figured out this algorithm to calculate how fast the canoe race ends, and then your team goes to the croquet. And based on the sum, they figured out the winner. 400 people came who swore they would never go to a church because a bunch of church people just wanted to have fun one day in the community, and build relationships. And I'm telling you, it doesn't sound powerful. It doesn't sound theological. But it is the heart of Jesus. You know, we we see Jesus going from story to story, like, let's get to the miracle. Let's get to the big miracle. Let's get to the big moment. But what we often miss is that Jesus connected with people right where they were. The adulterous woman, the woman at the well, caught in adultery, there's two, two, two different women. The one caught in adultery, dragged out into the market. Jesus defends her. This was unspeakable of a Jewish rabbi to defend someone first. He talks about her life and her heart and her character and behavior later. He first came to her defense out of love. The woman at the well, another great example. In the noonday sun, a Samaritan woman is seen with Jesus, a rabbi, that Rabbis never spoke to women. They crossed the other side of the street. They so protected themselves from any kind of appearance of impropriety. And yet Jesus offered this woman living water. And he met her where she was in her doubt, in her cynicism, in her questions. And this is just the church that we are. And if you're new here with us, 
I'm just inviting you into the, again, for those who, who came in, we're, we're, our band is taking a break today. Our, our worship today is this short vision talk I'm going to do before my, my already planned message that we're going to get to here in just a few minutes. I'm going to invite my good friend Steve uh, to come join me here, and I'll stand for this. Steve uh, is part of the event team that helped us pull off the chili cook-off last week, which I just thought was so fun and a lot, of, a lot of you gave us feedback this week about how the chili cook off on a Sunday morning. You know, we did a shortened version of our gathering here, and then we went down the hall and uh, awarded a winner. Steve, you, when you walked through the doors of our church, you were not a particular fan of church or even really sure that faith was real or that God was, you didn't know who God was to be trusted as. Uh, just, just tell us where you were before you walked into our doors. Yeah, so um, I grew up um, in North Jersey, raised Catholic, and um, I think my perception of church at that time was uh, rules, routine, and ritual for the most part. Um, I kind of judgmental. Um, I certainly wasn't aligned with the politics of the church. Uh, I had a lot of questions about um, inclusion and um, just who... I mean, it was just judgy, and, and I got really turned off by it. Uh, my daughters, um, I kind of felt obligated to bring them into the church, almost for my, my parents more so than them, um, and I kind of joked that my second daughter had her first communion, and I don't think she ever had her second. So that was the end of the, the line for me. Yeah. So, and then, um, yeah, and that, that was pretty much where I was. Um, you kind of left faith when you were 18, I think? Yeah, college, that was pretty much the end of that. And, and even in high school, you know, I stopped, you know, regular attendance. Uh, matter of fact, we used to pretend to go to church and not go. Not go. <laughs> so so uh, when you walked through our doors, what, you, we've used the word surprised. What, and this isn't about our church having mastered anything or that we're like the church. You just, you recognize something here that you weren't expecting. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it was just welcoming from the beginning. Um, a really good looking pastor. Uh, that was part of the draw. Uh, just <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there. But, but you know, it's this guy. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we talk about community and, and it was just community from the beginning and, and inclusion and, and, and just, you know, recognizing the fact that no matter who you are, where you are, there is a place here for us. And, and, and the message that really struck the accord with me and stays with a big part of this is, you know, the message that there's always a seat at the table. And that is very much what connects me to this church and the community that comes from that. And, and a lot of that centers around the food and we talk about that. And, uh, but it's just, it, it really is the most important thing to me is that there's a seat for everybody, no matter where you are or who you are. And that's from Luke 14, where Jesus says, there's still room at my table, you know, bringing the outsiders and the marginalized and people who are unchurched or not people of faith. There's room for them at the table. Invite them. Uh, I love you, buddy. You've become such a good friend. And uh, thank you for serving us and being part of our events team. Uh, this is, other than my wife and my daughters, this is what consumes me. I believe the church is supposed to be, it was designed by Jesus to be the hope of the world. I think a lot of us growing up in church, we hear the politics and we see the division and we, 
We see churches that say, you've got to behave a certain way, or you've got to think like us, and then you'll be welcome here. And so we just kind of settle into church as a place where we come and sit and listen, and hopefully we're encouraged. And we miss that the New Testament call of churches is that we are the movement of Jesus today. He could wave a wand or do something in the clouds and just make people believe he's chosen in this new version of ancient Israel to, to use a people, a collection of imperfect people, to represent him in the world in such a way that people are compelled toward him. This is what Jesus' prayer before his arrest was about. Jesus could be praying anything, knowing the Roman soldiers are coming and his crucifixion is hours away. I mean, what would you be praying about? He's praying for our unity, that we are so unified, understanding that we will be the movement of Jesus. He calls us his body. That we would be such a picture of his heart and love in this world that people would be compelled in. They wouldn't be repelled, repelled. They wouldn't be uh, kept away in cynicism. They'd be drawn in because of our story and our experience of Jesus. And it begins with trust building. It often doesn't begin by carrying a Bible around or telling people what your theology is. It begins by getting to know where people are. This is love. And if a chili cook-off doesn't feel like love or theology or church to you, I'm just, I, I beg to differ that it looks a lot more like Jesus in ancient Palestine than the version of how we do church today in the last few hundred years. Where we sit quietly in rows, shoulder to shoulder, not in community, but listening to one person up front talk. It's, it's important what we're doing right now. Our Sunday mornings are important, and often we're here, and we, we worship with music, and I speak, and hopefully God's voice is heard. And we know that Peter taught this way, and Paul taught this way, but most often, most often, the early church gathered in community around food and met people where they were, in their hurts, in their frustrations, in their doubts. And the power of God's spirit working through that version of love had such a compelling effect. Where people out in culture, they, they just in, they intrinsically knew this is what I'm craving. These people have something that I'm craving that I can't find in politics. I can't find it in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I can't find it in my work environment. I can't find it in my neighborhood meetups, as nice as my neighbors are. There's something beautiful in these people who make up the church, who were telling their story that they were broken, or they, were, they had this problem or this behavior, and, and, and Jesus is making them whole, and I know there's something true about it, and so I must pursue it. And this is what I want for our country. We used to see the decline of faith in our country by decade. Now we're seeing it every year. Every year, the faith of Americans Drops, nuns, you know, are you Catholic, are you Protestant, are you Baptist? The, the list of different religions. And then the last option, none. They're now called the nuns. And nuns are on the rise in our neighborhoods and communities at such a rapid rate. And I believe it's not because people on the outside of church are rebelling against God or they just have rejected God. I believe it's because they're rejecting today's version of church, which can be very self-righteous and can elevate politics. It's just, it's just unheard of. What in the world has happened? 
to the state of the church when we care more about our political views than we do a neighbor who's hurting or maybe who votes differently than me, but I'm, I'm loving them because I want to know their story. This is what we're about here, and this is what we're building. And I know we walk into this room, and it, 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 it can feel small. Uh, we are a smaller church. I, I, I just sat at a table in Dallas. I, I, I did the opening talk, and I sat at a table with all the churches are bigger than our church. And yet, there's something here. I wouldn't trade it. One of the guys told me, hey, we're looking for a, a lead pastor, a church of like 3,000 people. Like, Brad, would you be interested in talking to us? And I said, I, I love where we are, and I love our people so much. It's just, it's, it's got my heart. And I'm asking you this morning in this opening vision talk, again, I'm going to get to my normal talk here in just a moment. I'm asking you, if you would join us here, the, the problem with a stage is that it, it, it sometimes looks like the people up there on stage are the ones who will figure out how to get the people. They'll be the ones to figure out how, how do we show love to the community. They'll do the organizing, they'll do the chili cook-offs, they'll... You know, my, my, my friend Rod here, I hope it's okay, Rod, I'm, I'm going to just say, Rod is my friend now. <laughs> we talked last week to a point where I left telling Amy, wow, I feel like Rod is a friend. And what would normally take, on a, on a normal Sunday morning or series of mornings, it probably would have taken me a couple of months to get to know him to that degree because we had chili together last week and did a taste test on chili <laughs> Uh, on, on, on your chilies on Super Bowl Sunday, and we were conversing, and we made Sunday morning more about conversation and getting to know one another. I really felt connected to you, and I'm, I'm just I'm sorry I didn't tell Rod I was going to call him out like this, but I really believe a collection of people like you and me together, not those up here on stage, but us, if we saw the power of what Jesus did in our winery events, if you're new here, we're in D.C.'s wine country, now the third largest wine region in the United States. Uh, Loudoun County's become known. We, we do two or three Sunday mornings every summer at wineries, local wineries. And we're not trying to be cool. We actually, it's very sacred. We have communion at area wineries. And we're, we're very respectful of those who have, are sober and have amazing stories of, of sobriety. And I think we handle it appropriately. But... We go to where people are often in the local gathering places like Jesus did rather than saying, you must come into the, our auditorium and sit and listen to our biblical teaching to become part of our church. That's, it's just backwards from the way Jesus met people and related to them and showed them that he really cares. And so we're asking you, I'm asking you, would you be part of this with us? Um, as imperfect as we are, would you join us in creating, we've got this idea of creating a, a holiday tree, a Christmas tree, with needs hanging on it, local area needs, as the ornaments that any family, any person could come and just take a, take a need off and go home with their kids and meet that need in the community. We think that that's a way to connect with people here. I walked into Brewbirds here just a couple weeks ago to meet Andrew. Andrew and I meet there once a week. And Andrew was like, hey, thanks. So I'm going to make up these names. Hey, thanks, Bob. Hey, thanks, Samantha. 
And I'm realizing Andrew knows every person in Brewbirds who works there. I'm like, do you know every? He said, hey, I think I know everybody here now. And then they start talking about pickleball. And Andrew has talked Brewbirds into joining us and having some kind of a pickleball tournament. I don't even know the whole story yet. And I was like, we sat down to have our church meeting, our pastor's meeting. And I said, dude, what you're doing here trumps any church work we ever have to do. I am so proud of you. Like, this is the most important church work we're ever going to do, is you learning everybody here, just their stories, who they are, how long they've lived in the area. Pickleball, they all love pickleball. We love pickleball. So apparently we're going to play pickleball with Brewbirds. This is the way Jesus met people where they were. And I'm just inviting you. Would you join us? There's a couple ways to do this. Now, again, uh, I'm, I'm about to start my real message for the morning, so... Uh, before we take a one-minute break and transition to, to this morning's message, there's a couple ways you could say yes to this. One is in helping us connect with people outside and inside. And the other, and I'm going to keep the financial part short, but I need to say it, it, it's a financial investment. It is hard to do what we're doing as a, as a, a young, growing church without the financial support you know we want to have our own building someday and not be in debt and not pay a big rent payment every month to Loudoun County that's part of our dream here but let me start with how to help connect with outsiders and how to connect with insiders we're looking for people who will join our events team that we have here in logistically putting together organizing the chili cook-offs and film festivals and we're talking about maybe doing a comedy night where we invite the community just to hang out and, and dinners. And again, not to entertain people into the church. This isn't about entertaining. It is about putting ourselves in a position where we're not all sitting shoulder to shoulder staring in the same direction, but we're sitting across from people, learning their story, getting to know who they are, and building trust. Uh, Another is inside. Our faith, our growing faith matters so much to us that we fall in love with Jesus who makes us whole. And we understand his story in scripture. And so we need hosts and host homes for a lot of our groups' ideas, our midweek groups and labs and studies on scripture. And so this is one way to commit to one of those. And you can let us know on the app. You can let us know on our Dulles mobile app or on our website. Hey, I'm interested. I'd love to talk to somebody about being involved and how to build relationships or connect with outsiders or how to host spiritual growth opportunities inside of our church. And the other is to invest financially with us. If, and I'm, I'm going to keep this part quick. You know that I don't talk well about money. It's, it's part of what hurts us financially is we have a pastor who's supposed to remind everyone every week, hey, thank you for your giving and please give with us. And I will skip that two weeks out of the month. Partly because I, it's just not my big priority, and partly I don't like talking about money. But if, if, you, if you're not giving here, invested with us uh, $100 a month, would you consider that today? Would you go home and consider? And if you're new with us, don't consider it. Just consider coming back and being part of our story. But if you've been here, if you're settling in here, and this is becoming part of your vision, and you, it's resonating with, with you, would you consider maybe giving $100 a month, and maybe you already are giving, and God's prompting to you is to increase to $250 a month. Or maybe 
You're a family or an individual who could give 500 a month. You know, we have a handful of, it shocks some people who are new to church that we have people that give 1500 a month or 2000 a month. We need, we need more invested at that level. For what we, we, we want to stop paying the bills and we want to start creating out into the community. And the bottom line is that does take investment. All right, financial part's over. <laughs> um, I'm so convinced that Jesus came into this world to make us whole. And it began with his resurrection. It, it's so dramatic. The resurrection is so dramatic because it's death that's defeated. Jesus doesn't have just the power to heal or give sight to the blind. and doesn't just have remarkably compelling words that, that compel and draw people into the heart of God. When he walks out of the tomb, he has power now even over death. And that began the movement of renewal in a broken world. Our world that's been broken by humans choosing selfishly. We wanted to be God. We took control. So it broke everything. And Jesus came to begin the remaking, renewing process. And I, I, I've just given my life to it. And I'm asking you... Some are new and some have been here with us for a month and some have been here with us for four or five months. Would you consider, would you pray about joining us in this vision? There's nothing more exciting on planet Earth than the church that looks like Jesus, that sounds like him, and behaves like him. We're not going to get it perfect. That's not what this is about. We're not going to be a perfect church, but we are going to be a church that is deeply devoted to looking more like Jesus and sounding more like him and behaving like him. And when we do, it's going to be a lot of conversations over wine and pickleball and movie nights and film festivals. We're dreaming about a how to parent well workshop. We think a lot of parents in this area, we're hearing it. We're just, we're just confused. Husband and wife disagree on how to discipline. or It's just it's so common. Amy had a conversation with a family in her preschool this week about it. And it's, just, it's a weekly conversation. We, we're dreaming about that, not judging, not telling you how to parent, but let's bring parent. Just the list goes on and on and on of how we want to invest in connecting with people right where they are. So you're invited and challenged to be part of this with us.